Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha, the year where we talk about the Parsha of the week, or this week, Parshiot of the week, Matos Mase, together here in Chutzla Arts in America, where we talk about the Parsha or Parshiot of the week with some practical lessons to keep. So we've come to the end of Sefer Bamidbar, where in Matos and Mase, and something very interesting and peculiar to me at least, occurs Right in the middle of Matos Masi, at the end of Matos, going into Masi, in the third aliyah, when they are read together, Keshahim Mechubarim, when they are read together. The Bnei Yisrael are walking and going and at the edge of the Yardin, you know, it's at the end of Moshe's life. He's in his last 36 or so days. Devarm is the last 30, 36 days of his life, basically talking to the Jewish people. And then in the final weeks, the final hours of his days. And some of the Bnei Yisrael peculiarly ask and request a different area than the rest of the Jewish people. Bamidbar, Paraglamid Bet, and of course, Lave is about the heart, and it's talking about what they desired, what the tribes here wanted for themselves, for their children, for their livestock. The descendants, the Pasuk tells about the descendants of Reuven and God. They had an abundance of livestock, a lot of sheep, a lot of cattle, very numerous. They saw the land of the Yazer, the land of the Gilad, Aver Hayardin, the other side of Eretz Yisrael, not Eretz Yisrael proper, Arguments go back and forth between the commentators if it had Kedusha Eretz Yisrael, but definitely not exactly like Eretz Yisrael. They felt like it was a place that was a place for livestock. The descendants of God and Reuven and half of Menashe, really a part of Menashe, came to Moshe and Elazar because Aaron passed away already. And they said that these areas, this land, it's a land for livestock and your servants have livestock. If it pleases you, let it be given to our Avadim, to us, our servants as a heritage. Do not make us cross the Yardin. Moshe is incredulous at God and Ruvain. For some reason, Menashe is not mentioned, but there was also some aspects of Menashe that was given over by Moshe as well. And he says very famously, Shall your brethren go to war? Your brethren are going to go to war while you stay here? Why do you discourage the Bnei Yisrael from going to the land? You know that this land... Forty years we've been wandering because the previous generation denigrated the land, said most Shamer and Lush and Hara to the land. Now why are you discouraging everybody? This is crazy. This is against what we were doing. I sent your fathers to go explore the land. They went up, they saw the land, they discouraged the people. Hashem was very upset. Everyone had to die out except for Kalev and Yoshua. Hashem was very mad. You wandered in the desert for forty years. Now you're raising in front of your fathers in place of your fathers talking about how you don't want the land? They said, no, we're going to build sheep here for our livestock cities, for our children. Interestingly, the commentators point out that they mentioned their livestock before their children. When Moshe answers them, he responsibly says the children and then the livestock. We'll get to in a second. Talking about how they'll arm themselves and they'll go with the Jewish people into the land. We will settle the children and the livestock, hopefully the the wives also. We shall not return until everyone took possession of the land. We will not inherit on the other side. We want to inherit here. Our inheritance is good to be here because of the place for the livestock. Moshe says, if you do this, if you arm yourself, you go before them, you cross into the yard and you drive out the enemies and you wait for the land to be conquered and split up. Then you can do this. Then you will build cities for your children and enclosures for your sheep. Notice how Hashem switched around the verbiage, switched it around, putting the emphasis on children and then sheep. 
And they said, we will do as you said. Our children, our wives, our livestock, and our cattle will remain here. So then they put their children and wives first. Your servants will come back. And Moshe commanded Elazar and Yoshua about this situation, that they're going to do this, they're going to be here. If they go with them and they conquer the land, then they will give up the land. So for seven years of fighting and seven years of of dividing, they stayed. And then after those 14 years, they will go back to their part. So he gave them to God, to Rufin and half of Menashem, the kingdom of Sichon and Og and, and the land of the Bashan and the Amoraim. And this is what they had. So this story, I think, is a little bit fascinating. You know, we're going... Out and about, the Jewish people are traveling through all their travels, through all their time. And here in Paraglamid Bed, it talks about Lave, the heart, the Ruvenites, the Gudites, and some of Menashe were given this land. This is what their heart wanted, what their heart desired for their children and their livestock. They wanted these cities, they wanted this area. Why is this story put here? Why is this story put in the Torah? The Torah is not a history book. The Torah is not a lesson of just stories. If something is in the Torah, it has a major, massive point to be there. As Rabbi Foreman points out on Aleph Beta, the Torah should be seen as a guidebook, not as a history book, not as a lesson book, not even as a halacha book, because sometimes there are moral lessons and there are stories, and sometimes there are halachas, sometimes there are explanations, different things that Hashem points out to us through the Chamisha Chum Torah and through the Tanakh, and through the Talmud that's supposed to guide us and teach us how to go about our lives. So if the story is here, there must be some fundamental reason, some mental fundamental aspect to learn from it. Obviously, first off, we could think that Reuven and God were concerned more about their livestock and about the cities and the, the area for their children. They were worried there wouldn't be enough room in Eretz Yisrael. Kind of scorned a little bit on some level the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, which I'm sure on some level might be held to their detriment that they weren't in Eretz Yisrael proper. But maybe there's something positive we could learn. We do this oftentimes on all our shiurim, on all our shows, especially and the parsha Ezehu Chacham Halomein Mikol Adam and Mikol HaAdam, as we learn from Dalad Aleph, from Ben Zoma teaches us who is a white person in Perkei someone who learns from everyone. So, what can we learn from this story? What can we take away from this story? What can be seen from this story? And I think a valuable lesson could be that even something as simple as livestock, something as simple as cities, areas, and room for our children, room for our cattle, room for our livestock is important. You know, even before this, way before this, we look at our forefather Yaakov. When Yaakov is getting ready for confronting Asa, which is a huge epic, epic battle of wills, battle of spirituality, battle of massive proportions, not just for his life physically, but spiritually, he's meeting a force that is diametrically opposite to him. Esav lives by the sword and Yaakov lives by the mouth. A kol kol Yaakov, we learn from the, from the bracha element episode from Yitzchak when Yaakov usurps his brother. The hands are Esav, Esav is a sword, but Yaakov is the mouth, the voice of prayer. When Yaakov is preparing and the commentators note that there are three elements a person should do when getting ready for war, and they used to look at Parshas Vayishlach to learn how to get ready for war, Yaakov did three things. He prayed to Hashem spiritually. He practically split up the camp, and he also tried to appease his enemies, sending gifts, gifts galore to Esav. So when Yaakov is getting ready through everything, and he sends the camp, and he divides the camp, and he prays to Hashem, he forgets Pachim Ketanim. 
Yaakov forgets after his fight with the, he goes back and then he fights with the angel, the archangel or the, whatever the, that is the, the spiritual force of Esav and Yaakov wins in the end, although he's hit with the limp and that's where we learn the sciatic nerve not to eat. But Yaakov, why does he go back? Why does he cross over the river? Because of Pachim Ketanim. Why would he go back for little pots, little containers, little utensils? Just leave them. Buy them in Target. Buy them in CVS. Get them on Amazon. You don't need to go back for those $5 items. What's important about those $5 items? Go back another time or just leave them for someone else to take. But the commentators point out, the Mepharshim point out, that everything in life could be used for the service of Hashem. And everything has its element, everything has its place. And Yaakov wanted to make sure that those pachim ketanam were not left behind, were not lost behind. Those were used for the service of Hashem. Those were taken to be elevated from the mundane for the service of Hashem. He had to go back for them. He wanted to use them and include them. And maybe on some level, that could be what's happening here. We look at the story and we think negatively, ah, they didn't really really appreciate and understand the beauty, the amazingness of Eretz Yisrael. They wanted Aver Hayardin. Or maybe we could look and say, no, we want to take care of our livestock. We want it to take care of our children and our families. We have a lot of livestock. We have a lot of people here. We want to make sure that everyone has the proper land and to tend to our sheep, tend to our cattle. They service us. They give us milk. They give us wool to be warm. They give us meat and whatnot, if they have chicken or whatnot, we want to take care of them, give them the space, give them the land. The whole idea of Tsar Balechayim is to take care and to be as ethical as possible and as humane as possible towards the creature. So yes, Hashem allows you to slaughter the cattle, to slaughter the cow, to slaughter the, the, the chicken, to give you the meat, to give you the delicious meat to eat in your life, but it should be done in the most humane way possible, in the least painful way possible, the quickest to death possible in Shechita. I took a course last year in trying to get a smicha on different levels. And we talked about Basar Bachal. And we looked at the aspect, and it was through Machon Smicha, through Chabad. Very interesting program. It took me a whole year. Fascinating online fully program. One of the things we looked at was Basar Bachal, talking about the idea of the, the ritual slaughtering process, talking about how it's the fastest, most humane way to end the animal's life. It shouldn't be tortured. It shouldn't be shot and writhe on the floor, God forbid, not to be graphic, but it is that there could be no nicks in the knife. It has to be smooth, it has to be sharp, extremely sharp, extremely smooth, so that it's done. One, two, three, the trachea, and the esophagus at the same time, so the animal doesn't feel a thing. It's gone, but without feeling any pain. So if on some level we have to be humane in that way, when we need the meat for ourselves, we want the meat for ourselves, so maybe in our lives, maybe Reuven and God and some of Menashe was saying, I want to treat my livestock, I want to treat my items, my cattle, my things in my life properly, giving them better land, better space to roam and to graze. Of course, I believe, we all believe on some level that Eretz Yisrael proper would have been better, but maybe their mindset was, this was better for my things. As Yaakov went back for Pachim Ketana, for the little containers, which were so important to him that he literally went back for them a couple of pots, a couple of pans, a couple of containers, whatever it was. 
And as Reuven and God and Menashe want to settle to have good land, to elevate their cattle, their livestock, and their ability in life, so too in our lives, what can we do to appreciate the things that Hashem gives us and use them for the good purpose, for a proper purpose, to elevate them from the mundane? We talked about this on Tani Talks Radio last night at length. Where we go on Monday nights at 8.30 with the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. We talked about this at length, but basically the idea is everything in our life is given in a physical element, but we can elevate it to the spiritual. We can elevate it to a higher plane, whether it means finding better area that we think that the animals can graze, or whether it means we go back for little containers, little aspects to elevate in our life. We want to use different things in our life. We want to appreciate the things in our life and take care of the things that Hashem gave us to the proper extent, to the proper amount into the proper area. When Yaakov is fleeing from Lavan, and he takes his whole family, and Esav, uh, later on when he meets up with Esav, and he, he can't go the same way, he talks about how it's too harsh the way, it's too fast the way, we have to go slow for the cattle, for the children. Taking care of those things Hashem gave to us, in order to appreciate what He gave to us, in order to use what He gave us for the proper purposes. So that means... Going through mundane things in your daily life, taking care of things. And I always say, I wish I had more time to take care of the house, to keep it clean and whatnot. But at least taking out the garbage every day or so, washing the dishes every day or so, doing the laundry every day or so, at least sweeping once a week or whatever when I get around to it and, and using the swift for a little bit to keep out the dirt, to keep out the dust, appreciating what Hashem gave us. Yes, it might not be a mansion. Yes, I might not have 15 cars. And yes, I might not have 14 bedrooms, but the house He gave me. The backyard he gave me, the car he gave me, the objects he gave me, the items he gave me. I need to appreciate those and use them and utilize them in the service of Hashem. So that means for Yaakov Lahavdal to go back for those items, appreciating those items Hashem gave us. Using those items Hashem gave us for Ruven and God. And Chatzim Menashe, that means I want to take care of this cattle and this livestock. Of course, first priority is taking care of the wives and children, giving them expansive pieces of land, lots of room to graze and roam and to run around, let the kids play in the backyard, the front yard, the side yard, and all yards, if you're in those plains of of where Moshe gave it to them. And they did keep their word, Baruch Hashem, and Yehoshua, Sefer Yehoshua, talks about how they stayed for the dividing of the land, they stayed for the conquering of the land, then the dividing of the land. After those 14 years, they finally go back to their children. Lahavda, Lahavda, Lahavda. If you ever seen the Odyssey, he was gone for 10 years. Can you imagine they were gone for 14 years? If they left their children when they were 3, 4, 5, 6, they came back when they were 17, 18, 19, 20, 14 years gone from their life. But that was their decision. They decided they wanted that land. They had to keep to their tana'ai, to their condition, to their agreement between Moshe and later on between Yehoshua and Elazar the Kohen that was fortified with Moshe and told over to Yehoshua and to Elazar. But it could be that the aspect was appreciating the stuff, appreciating the things from Hashem, appreciating those aspects from Hashem. So that means not smashing your phone into the floor. If the phone helps you, you can learn Torah on it. You can send out messages. You can learn things. You can listen to things. You can watch things and read things from Torah. Don't smash that phone. Your laptop, take care of it. Keep it clean. Wipe it down. The phone, keep it clean. Wipe it down. Your house, keep it clean as much as you can. And of course, Allah has come lahavdal, lahavdal, not physical things, but wonderful fundamental aspects in life, the relationship 
relationship between your wife and yourself, between your husband and yourself if you're a, a woman, between yourself and your children, cultivating that, appreciating what Hashem gives you in, in your immediate family with your wives and children, spending the time wisely, making sure to cultivate those relationships and make sure that you spend time with one another, whether it be reading together or playing a game together, watching something together and with children, playing games with them, doing activities with them, doing art with them. But Lahavda, when it comes to the physical things, and Reuven and God could be hinting to this, talking about appreciating those things that Hashem gives us. So he gave them livestock, he gave them children, he gave them wives and families. They might have had a lot of people for each family. They might have had a lot of livestock, a lot of cattle for each family. They wanted to appreciate that and use it in such a land, in such a way that they needed the room. And Yaakov Lahavda goes back for those pachim katanim, those little containers, appreciating what Hashem gave him to use it. Not just letting it be gone, not just letting it be scooped up by someone else utilizing it and using it in every which way, form, or aspect. So when we think of the things that Hashem gave us, obviously, Allah has come of a comma besides for the wives and the children, which are fundamental and foremost, first and foremost, most important. But Lahavdo, thinking about the physical things He gives us, being Zoha to have an apartment or a house, being Zoha to have a backyard or a garage, or both if you're Zoha, front yard for those people who have it, or a little front yard like for us. And that means taking care of it and upkeeping it. I myself don't have the time or ability, so I have a gardener come throughout the gardening months to come to keep it up kept and keep it kept well. We pay him a little bit every week and he, he mows the lawn and makes sure everything is good in the front and back because we want to upkeep it. That means checking out what your house needs. A couple of years ago, we switched out the kitchen because it was very non-functional. The driveway was not functional. We switched it out. We want to appreciate the land Hashem gives us and the ability Hashem gives us. We want it to be in even a better way. So we swapped out a defunct, a not functional using microwave for one that functions much better and now we could cook for other people which we do oftentimes cooking for many many people whether they have a child or low Elena they have a loss or low Elena someone's sick in different ways you appreciate the things that Hashem gave you and utilize it for the right purposes for good purposes for using it to do good to do mitzvahs to do chesed in this world upkeep the house upkeep what you can doing the laundry keeping the clothing clean Hashem gave you laundry Hashem gave you laundry and clothing Please be happy that you have the clothing to be able to do the wash for the kids that Hashem and blessed you with. Remember the blessings, remember the brachos, remember the things in life that Hashem gave you. Appreciate even the little things that Hashem gave you in life. Whether it be the clothing, whether it be the electronics, whether it be the, the physical things or a book or a really anything in your life can be elevated from the mundane. It can be appreciated. This is a geschmack, a really good grape juice, sparkling grape juice. I talked about last night. One of the Onik Shabbos things that I have for myself is sparkling grape juice. Currently very interested in using conquer grape juice that first sip when Shabbos starts it's like minashamayim it tastes fantastic I appreciate this is a physical thing but I appreciate to use it to elevate Kiddush to sanctify the day having my sour belts later on and my pomegranate seeds it really makes some onik Shabbos for me having a really good Jewish book really makes the Shabbos really makes the element and sitting reading next to my wife when the kids are sleeping and it's calm and it's peaceful really makes the Shabbos what we can do in our life and we can learn a positive thing, even from what seems at the outpost to seem a little bit spurting on the behalf, on the behalf of Ruvain, 
and God, are they spurning Hashem's land? Moshe goes through this whole diatribe explaining what the Meraglim did, and it was devastating. They lost 40 years. But Reuben and God answer, no, we will take part of the people. We will go out to war with our brothers. We will take care. We'll make sure that the land is conquered and divided. Then we'll come back because we want to have the land that might be best suited for our cattle, for our children, for our wives, wives and children first, and then cattle. Appreciating what's given to us. We think about the Pachim Katan and we think about the livestock. We think about what's given to us in our life. Do we really appreciate the things we have in our life? And that comes to anything we have. If you have a piano, it needs to be tuned every once in a while. Growing up, my mom had a piano tuner come all the time. My guitar, every time I take it out, now I have the... Yamaha, and hopefully one day we'll switch to the best guitar in the world, the Martin D28 Ambertone Lefty Guitar. But when you have that, it has to be up kept. So each time I use it, I try to wipe it down with a little catcher to catch any skin or anything that rubs off or any sweat or anything, and I rub it down. I make sure that it sounds good. If I have to tune it a little bit each time I use it, try to put it away carefully. So if you're using a piano or using a musical instrument or drums or guitar, make sure to take care of it properly. Appreciate the things you're given in life. The car should be checked every three months. Maintenance check, oil check. Or a bicycle should be checked if it has air, if the brakes are working properly. If you have a scooter, checking those tires and those brakes. Different elements, different toys that our kids have, making sure they're functional, they work, they have batteries. Making sure they're not hazards and they're in good shape. Checking our couches, checking our dining table. Making sure that our ovens and our fridges and our stoves and our microwaves are all in functional order, working order, that are clean and are in a good tip-top shape. And making sure that our laundry machines, we clean out the lint every time to make sure there's no hazards and we check and we make sure that all aspects to our homes, all aspects to our lives are in functional working order, making sure that the alarm systems are good to go, making sure that the detectors are good to go, making sure that our lights are good to go. It's always good to have a, a check all the time to make sure that things are in functional order. And if you have a, a pest control system that we have a couple of months, every couple of months to check and make sure. Also, when we can do to appreciate the things that are given to us in our life, and maybe that's a small lesson we could learn from Ruven and God asking for that land to appreciate the cattle that they were given, to appreciate the large families maybe that they were given, which is a huge bracha, and to learn from Yaakov and the Pachim Katanim in general to appreciate those things in life. Elevate what you have from the mundane to the spiritual, but also appreciate it, take care of it, and take care to make sure that what's in your life that could hopefully affect others are in good working condition to do mitzvahs, to do chesed, to make the world a better place every single day. This has been the TTP, Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about the Parsha or the Parshiot of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.